It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. And we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com and Athletic 247 Sports. If you haven't already subscribed, rate review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, we're found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Apple Music, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever Simply search Talk of Champions and you'll find us. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, because it's Alabama week, former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton. We all remember the Jalen Walton catch in the 2014 memorable win that saw the goalposts come down. And he's coming up in just a little bit on the Modern Women phone line. David, what's up, man? Uh, not not a lot. Uh, you know, I'm glad you, you've got Jalen Walton coming on today because, you know, even though that game will always be remembered for the Sinquez Golson interception that sealed the deal, you knew it was going to happen when Jalen Walton caught that ball in the end zone. Uh, at least that's the moment that I really just started believing that was going to happen that day. Yeah. What an incredible catch. What an incredible, incredible play. What an incredible game. Certainly appropriate that, uh, that we're talking about that today. Have to be talking about that today. Cause there are a lot of parallels from 2014 that we can draw just a lot of eerily similar things going on here. Ole Miss is number 12 in the country, number 11 back in 2014. Alabama was number one back then, number one this year. Like I've said multiple times so far, because this podcast is now daily, it's daily other than Friday, which will be a best of show of all the great things that we put up, be it interviews or whatever segments during the week on these shows. I'll put together a show for Friday, just a best of show. But since it's daily, I've said this multiple times now, if Ole Miss wins on Saturday, I won't feel like it's an upset like I did back in 2014, even 2015. I think Ole Miss offensively well, is just that much further along. More of a statement 
than an upset. I like that. Yeah. Um, statement on, on, on this team this year, you know, and, and I was talking to somebody earlier today, may have been you, but um, all is not lost. If the rebels don't win this thing Saturday. I like that. Not upset a statement for Ole Miss football. And it'll say a lot, not just on the local or national stage, but for those people who I think still kind of sit on the fence and a big story for the last couple of days, as we're sitting here on this Thursday morning talking is Michael Wilbon on pardon the interruption, absolutely lighting up Lane Kiffin unfairly, quite frankly, and Lane Kiffin's response and Keith Carter's response as well. And changing the minds of people like that, who in many ways still consider Ole Miss quote, little Ole Miss or Lane Kiffin holding against him his past, which is not fair in any way because of the growth he's shown. I just think in so many ways you're right. The statement aspect of that is much more appropriate than necessarily the upset. Yes, and, you know, Wilbon's um, beef, if you will, with Lane Kiffin seems to be personal. You know, this is not the first time that Michael Wilbon has taken uh, really kind of an unfounded shot at Lane Kiffin. He did again back in August. You know, he basically said, um, and his exact quotes were in a story on the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit, basically said uh, Lane didn't care about the student part of his players, that uh, they that he basically wanted them to be professional football players without the pain. Very derogatory statements coming from Wilbon back before the season even began on Lane Kiffin. You know, I found it interesting on the SEC teleconference call on Wednesday, you know, there's no relationship there between Lane Kiffin and Michael Wilbon. Not a good one, not a bad one. Uh, this guy is, you know, taking shots from the left field bleachers at Lane Kiffin when when there there's never been any recognizable rub there. Wilbon's never covered Kiffin on a beat other than, you know, his national seat. Um Yet uh, there's definitely some animosity there. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that cut deeper than your usual criticism. No, it felt personal. It felt personal. And here's what Mike Wilbon said, and then I'll back that up with what Lane Kiffin said on the SEC teleconference. The answer is Alabama because of Lane Kiffin. There's nothing to be proud of if you're a college footballer or any of the sport but Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's a clown. Lane Kiffin has been an embarrassment at multiple stops. I mean, nobody's going to run out there and say, yeah, I want Lane Kiffin right here on the logo representing me. The answer's Alabama, Tony. Lane Kiffin's a cute little story for guys like us who have to talk about sports every day, and we can come in Monday and say, ha, 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 Lane Kiffin. Once again, Lane Kiffin equals embarrassment at some point wherever he is. Alabama. Hey, Lane, um, I saw your uh, your Twitter response to, to Michael Wilbon. Um, I was wondering, um, how do you feel when um, you see someone call you a, a clown and an embarrassment, and, and do you feel like that's uh, uh, in any way fair criticism? Well, I think everybody, you know, has a right to whatever. Um, you know, you can't control what people do, and, you know, I worry more when the person's actually met you and knows you and then says those things versus someone that has never met you and doesn't know you at all. Um, you know, uh, to say those things, uh, it's pretty, pretty over the top compared to what, 
most professional media um, say, but, you know, uh, you got attention, so maybe that's the name of the game. Um, I guess as a follow-up to that, I mean, you're a football coach. Um, in some ways, it's also an entertainment business. Do you feel like that's just kind of all fair game in, in the entertainment business or, or is something like that kind of a, a, a low blow uh, even in this business, do you think? I think everyone's entitled to say what they want. Like I said, you know, usually, um, you know, professional media um, usually don't go that far. Again, especially when you've never met them and they don't know you at all. Um, so, but it is what it is. I mean, it's not like the guy had earth-shattering news with his, you know, that Alabama's, you know, going to beat us. I mean, he should go to Vegas with that earth-shattering prediction. This is something I've talked to you about before. It used to be the job we do is to serve as conduits between these coaches, these players, these public figures, and the fans who are such a big part of their life are these coaches and players, but they don't get to really talk to them. They don't get to interact with them. So that's what we as sports reporters would do, we would tell their stories, like a Lane Kiffin story or a Matt Corral, you name it. We would tell these stories, and that's how these websites were founded. And then there was the advent of Pardon the Interruption, Around the Horn, those debate shows, First Take, for example, which took sports reporters out of the seat of being conduits to becoming personalities themselves, becoming the stories themselves, creating their own stories. And that's why I think a lot of the acrimonious relationship between organizations or college football programs, baseball, basketball, stems from the advent of those personalities to where you're talking, if you're Michael Wilbon, about all these different national stories. It used to be he'd be on a Chicago beat or he'd be on a beat in Washington, D.C., and he'd have a central focus and he'd know the personalities and he'd know the people and he'd know his beat, like we know our beat. And now he's talking in generalities. He is a master of nothing. So his entire opinion is completely clouded, completely clouded by what Lane Kiffin used to be or what Lane Kiffin went through in the past, falling upwards, if you will, Raiders situation, or with USC getting fired on the tarmac, just all these things that were publicly rough for Lane Kiffin. He's latched onto that. And as a failure for what he's supposed to be, and what he should be doing, he no longer considers the growth and the follow-up to the story that he otherwise would have had he still been doing what we do now. And I'm not saying we're in any way in a, have a moral high ground on Michael Wilbon. I am saying this, however. He's speaking in generalities, and he's completely misguided. He's missing the growth. He's missing how far he's come, what he did at Alabama, dropping down to FAU, creating an entire different culture there, coming to Ole Miss, and everything he's done at Ole Miss has been exactly right, and yet you're still unfairly taking these shots because the personality of Michael Wilbon is now bigger than what was supposed to be your job to begin with, which was telling these people stories. Yeah, I'm not going to slide into the uh, <clears throat> trap of talking about the sliding into the ditch by ESPN programming. Uh, that's no, it's not just ESPN, man. But but to me, listen to me, I don't watch ESPN except for the game. So, you know, same. And there's a reason for that. There same. is a reason for that. Yeah. Um, but um, I'll say this: to me, that's not what this is about. To me, it was way too personal, way too cutting 
for this simply to be Michael Wilbon going, look at me, look at me. The guy has over 4 million Twitter followers. He doesn't need anybody else to look at him. To me, Lane saying there, there's no personal relationship there. He doesn't know Michael Wilbon. Therefore, Michael Wilbon doesn't know Lane Kiffin. It's almost like Wilbon's toting water for somebody. You know, maybe Lane has rubbed somebody wrong, wrong mm. along the way. Yeah. And that person has been in the ear of Michael Wilbon. Because this, there has to be a reason for this. And again, you know, I've read some remarks on the message board. Well, who is this guy? I don't know who it is. Oh, you know. You know, and that's probably because you don't watch ESPN programming. Like, I don't watch ESPN programming. But, you know, other people do. He, like I said, has over 4 million Twitter followers. He's not, uh, he's not banging the drum for attention. Um, and to me, that, that makes it even more visceral, more damning, uh, you know, of, of his criticism of Kiffin. Because like you just said, Ben, he's done everything right since he's got here. You know, and, and you know, that's all you can judge somebody by, right? Right. I mean, we've all got skeletons in our closet issues. from the past. Yeah. Issues, whatever. And thank God, you know, you can turn over and you'll leave. You can, you can move ahead. You know, it's the principle of forgiveness. There we go, getting biblical again. Uh-oh. But, um, but to me, no, I'm not buying that it's just Will Bond screaming, look at me, look at no, me. No, I, I agree with just that. some headlines. I, I'm I not, think it's personal. I, I agree. I'm not trying to make that point so much as the common fan, the regular fan, college administrators, coaches, players, they can't differentiate between a Michael Wilbon and somebody like you, me, Neil, Chase, Nick, whoever on the beat. For them, we're all one and the same. We're all just the media. So when Michael Wilbon does something like that, there's a reason why the common criticism from these people, from the common fan or from Keith Carter or whoever, is it's all about clicks and views for you guys. It's all about clicks and views. Mm-hmm. It isn't for you and I. My salary doesn't change based on clicks and views. That's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to just cover this team as well as I can. I, just, I want to cover this team and have fun doing it. It's a great job. Don't try to take shots or anything like that. And that's why when Keith was on the podcast yesterday, I wanted to ask him, what did I make you so mad about in regards to softball? And he said, I felt like you sensationalized a little bit of what was going on. I said, that's probably fair because I don't know what I'm covering with softball. I I completely defer to David. I'm just reacting in real time with an opinion, but the opinion part of it compared to the reporting part of it are supposed to be different, but they can't tell the difference. So for them, and it's not their fault, it's our fault. It's our business's fault that we have elevated the personality over the story. And that's what's really kind of pissed me off about this story is because it's yet again, another example of our industry shooting itself in the foot based on nothing more than ego and personal resentment or whatever it might be, just a a personal issue you might have with that person rather than doing what the job was intended for, what I think you and I try to do. And do we succeed all the time? Hell no. I didn't succeed with softball. You did. I I was commenting on something I have no knowledge of. I should have completely deferred to you and just kept my thoughts to myself. I acknowledge that. When I screw up, I'm happy well, to admit it. You know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're conflating reporting deal, and opinion. And when you come out and you say that you, so strongly. You can, be, you can be a jerk in all walks of life, no matter what you do. Yeah. You know, you can get pulled over by a jerk police officer. You can have a pastor that's, you know, 
a jerk. You, you, you can have a doctor that's a jerk. And you can have sports media personalities that are jerks. And Michael Wilbon is a jerk. Just be I mean, responsible, man. That. Yeah, because that was that yeah. was a low I mean, blow. I mean, There's a well, line. He called him a clown. Yeah. He called yeah. him a clown. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we get this stuff all the time. That's unprofessional. Sure. I've gotten called a douche, just, an asshole, a clown. Oh, I, know. I, I mean, know. it's I part know. of it, but I have never, and I never would, take such a personal shot at anybody I've ever covered. Now, there are people that have been unpleasant. I don't know them at that level. So I agree with Lane Kiffin completely. Well, It'd be different if it was somebody he knew knew. But you're Mike Wilburn. Y'all never even talked to each other. So what are you basing this off of outside of your own uneducated opinion based on past issues well, with Lane Kiffin? that's the point. That, that's the key right there. Look, All right. I think both you and I both hit Hugh Freeze pretty hard. Absolutely. I know Absolutely. I did. I know I did too. I, I, I tore him a new one. Um, but you know what? I spent five years covering Hugh Freeze. I knew who free who freeze. <laughs> uh, if he freeze wanted to call me and say something about anything I had written, he had my phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was writing about somebody I've only looked at from afar. Uh, that's part of the difference here. And still, I didn't call Hugh Freeze a clown. Right. I, 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 you know, I criticized what he did, and 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 who all and, and I brought up who all he hurt over what he did. Because you know what, I had intimate knowledge of that. So did you, and um, you know the bottom line is Michael Wilbon didn't. I mean, he literally sniped at Kiffin from the cheap seat. It was cheap, and uh, definitely it wasn't like Lane was on a show. And I had somebody call me today thinking Lane was on the show. No, he wasn't there to be able to defend himself. That's right against those ridiculous comment comments. I mean, this was Wilbon. You know, 2,000 miles away from Lane Kiffin with no intent to ever talk to Lane Kiffin, slamming Lane Kiffin. It was a bad move. It was a terrible move. But he's never going to be held to account for it. And that's what really bothers me. You know what? The pendulum swings two different directions. And after Lane spoke on Michael Wilbon today, uh, on Wednesday during the SEC teleconference call, the pendulum swung towards Lane Kiffin's favor. Because he handled it with class. He didn't he didn't call him a name back. He didn't call him a clown. Like Wilbine called Kiffin. He simply said, Well, I guess everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, better man you know, than I me don't on know that the guy. one. He doesn't know me. Yeah, that's where it comes in right there. He's a better man than Michael Wilbon. Gonna jump right back to David Johnson with Jalen Walton, former Ole Miss running back coming up on the Modern Women phone line after we hear from BNA Bank, among others who sponsor Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. 
and PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee. And Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Hugh Freeze and I had a very roller coaster like relationship. And there were times, especially at the end, that I probably who did I, I know roller coaster relationship. I, I know, I know. We all did, but I did go overboard at times at the end of it, I think. Here's the difference. He and I still kept in contact and we still talked. And what we decided to do was get on a podcast together and just talk for an hour. And we did. And at the end of it, I went, I'm glad we did this. Because both of us had issues. I can disagree with him, but understanding these are human beings, man. To call a guy a clown, to come at him in that way, to not give him any credit for how he's grown, for the maturity that he's shown, for dropping down a level to FAU, to become a new coach, to completely revamp who he is, not just personally but professionally, and just drum up all that old stuff and shit all over him was just unfair completely. And you didn't give him, I think the most salient point you made, he didn't give him the opportunity to defend himself. And that's the problem yeah. with the culture now in media. It's about the personalities more than it's about being conduits from the fans to these people that they hold in such high esteem. And instead, like at ESPN, and I'm not harping on ESPN, I'm not trying to at least, but Fox Sports has fallen into this trap too with FS1. You know, they got all their debate shows or whatever. What they'll do is they'll start a debate in the morning on first take. And they'll latch on to something that really catches fire on social media. And now every single one of their shows or their programming, TV, radio, doesn't matter. They've created their own story or narrative or online discussion and run it through the echo chamber. And it becomes a story. That's not how it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be talking about it. It's Thursday. Ole Miss and Alabama play on Saturday at 2.30 on CBS. We are not supposed to be talking about Michael Wilbon. And yet here we are. Because, again, a media personality, 
not a sports reporter, not a journalist. I don't think what we do is journalism, so I try to avoid saying that. But a sports reporter has inserted himself into the story, made himself the story, and then the echo chamber pushed it out. And, and that's why I'm just – I'm sick of that culture of it. And it makes us look bad, continues to push the narrative for people who don't know better that we're out for clicks and views – and it creates this resentment, not just from the people we cover and this hesitancy to be real and to talk to us and to be truthful, but for the fans to not like the media. They don't give a shit about us, and they shouldn't. But you're making your whole world worse when you do stuff like this. But a guy like that with a platform, he doesn't care. He just does the drive-by, and he moves on to the next topic. It just sucks. Well, well the flip side of that is that things in sports media – and just, just being a little bit of not defending Will Bond at all. But sometimes it's good to really say what you're thinking. And then, uh, you know, at least the dude did that. I'll say that that's, much for That's because, fine. And I only say that because so much has been turned to plastic now. You know, we, 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 we hardly ever get to even – suggest the players we want to speak to at press conferences. See, I don't um, care about any of that though. You know, well, well, well I do because, you know, there was once upon a time in this industry where after a game you went in the locker room and you walked around and you talked to whoever you wanted to. That's all done. That's yeah. all over with. Um, it's been a little different for me you know, with baseball and basketball because I've had so many guys to talk to on the podcast or just one-on-one, but football it has well, it, been. It's kind of more with football. It is. Football it is, is more controlled. Yeah, it's a more level. exclusive thing to football. And, you know, I can remember the first game I covered of an Ole Miss football game. It's back when I was in the newspaper and I was in my early 20s. Um, I came over and watched an Ole Miss Georgia game and covered it because there were a couple of kids from our coverage area, Gary Thickpen, Ken Lucas, uh, playing for Ole Miss at the time. And, um, you know, the interview setting after the game, you just went in the locker room and you walked around and you talked to whoever you wanted to. See, and you still do that in basketball. You still do that in basketball, like the SEC tournament. Yeah. Well, locker you don't in football. No, you don't. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that stymies so much creativity. Uh, it, it, it kills off so many great stories that are never getting told because you never get the opportunity to talk to different kids but on the flip side of that david a lot of that has been created because of stuff like this well that's true to an extent but a lot of that's been created because of corporate partnerships with universities and espn and also ole miss wanting to compete effectively with sites like ours and nils and them yeah i mean that plays into it too they're trying to compete yeah they are competing that's exactly right i mean you know i mean Ole Miss is doing a podcast now. More power to them, but Great. they're doing a podcast. They're in a podcast business. Seems like every time we start something or try to do something creatively, they follow up and do their own thing. What is that called? Competition. That's what that is. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. And there was a day and age, and Ben, I'm a little older than you, that sports information departments existed for the express purpose of aiding the media in their coverage of the team. Media relations. I remember when SIDs jumped. Yeah, they jumped through hoops. And and look, this is not 
this is not a pointed condemnation of Ole Miss sports information. No, they'd this be great. Industry wide. Yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah, they're great people out there. I mean that you know I'm 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 a I'm a big Brad Sheffield fan. Brad's a football SID. He bends over backwards to accommodate us, but the the kind of the purpose has changed. You know, with the with the advent of wall to wall television coverage for every sport for you know, with social media and all that, it's just a lot different. Um, and, and none of this really has anything to do with Michael Wilbon's uh, irresponsible commentary. Uh, we've just kind of morphed off into this. But, um, but it, it's a different world than it was 25 years ago. Enough about Michael Wilbon, because Olmos had a great day on Wednesday. Two commitments, so let's do a recruit check. Check it. Check it. Recruit check. Recruit Check is brought to you by my bookie and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Tom Brady returns to New England for the biggest game of the year, and the stakes have never been higher at my bookie. Whether you're backing the Bucks or the Pats this Sunday, the game is always more exciting when I've got money on it at my bookie. Get on the action and take this game to a whole new level at my bookie. Both teams are sporting top defenses, and nobody knows each other better than Brady and Belichick. Slow and steady will win this race. Smart money bets the under. Don't wait around. Join MyBookie now and bet on the biggest game of the season. Use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. Again, that's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions to get double your first deposit with MyBookie and start your winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. All right, David, so... Ole Miss picked up two commitments. Who are they? Jarrell Stinson, a, a, a really good defensive back. And then Quinchon Judkins, a, a, who I think is going to be a, a really good running back in college, both from the state of Alabama. And, uh, you know, with Judkins, it was a situation where Ole Miss had to beat out Auburn, which is nearby his hometown, as well as Notre Dame. He had, he had come down to those three uh, offense that everybody from the East Coast to the West Coast is talking about. He wanted to play in that. And that was, to me, I mean, I think Judkins is is, is a huge get. Stenson as well, because it kind of, uh, kind of caps off what we're expecting them to do on the back end of that defense in this 22 class. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can come in, and I'm not going to say he's going to contribute immediately we don't ever know that really and truly but he is he is a talented guy that Ole Miss is in a spot right now I mean with all these DBs they have who would have ever thunk it you know four or five years ago you know Ole Miss never had enough DBs that he can come in and learn behind some of these veterans and I think put together a really fantastic college career you know look man when you when, when they're when there's smoke, there's fire. Ole Miss is red hot right now. And uh, I'm telling you, you know, we're all paying attention to what's going on on the field. But uh, 
Watch Lane Kiffin and this staff as we inch every day a little bit closer to the early signing period. Somebody asked me yesterday on the Q&A session I do every week, hey, do you think Ole Miss could crack the top ten in the national recruiting rankings by the time all this is over with? You know, yeah, I do. I definitely do. I think we saw what Lane Kiffin and, and that staff can do when it counts last year. They closed strong very strong in December, really didn't have a lot left over to give, you know, going into the traditional February signing day, but December they closed like monsters. And, uh, you know, they were a five and five team last year. Now I think everybody could see they were kind of on the uptick. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I mean, you know, they're one of the best teams in the country this year. Granted, we're saying this on the Thursday before they play at Alabama and you know, what may happen in that game may change public perception. I don't think it's going to change my mind any. Uh, I, I, I want to see them play them well. And um, no matter what, here's the thing you got to remember about that, not to stray, but no matter what happens as far as who wins and who lo- loses Saturday in Alabama, it is really and truly for Ole Miss how they play the game because they leave that with, with lofty aspirations still intact. Um, you know, and, and, and that's not only on the recruiting trail, but that's with, uh, you know, you look ahead down the schedule. If you play Alabama well, you can beat anybody else left on your schedule. And, you know, if you're 11-1 and one and don't have to risk that 11-1 and one record in an SEC championship game, why aren't you in the playoffs? That's all I'm saying. Jarrell but Stinson. Getting back around recruiting. Yes, cornerback yeah, 5'10", 160. A three-star, according to the industry-generated 247 Sports Composite, offers from, among others, Ole Miss, Florida, UCF, Florida State, Penn State. Versatility a thing with him? Is he cornerback strictly, or could he play somewhere else? I, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that he's, he's, he's ever going to develop into being a headhunting safety. But speed is what he's got. And a vertical jump that is out of this world. So he's going to play a lot taller at corner than, than what his, his size listed on the roster is ever going to indicate. And I think that's what you're getting out of him. Kind of like, and, and you know, it's Alabama week. So I'll make this comparison. Reminds me a little bit of Sinquez Golson. I could get on board with another Sinquez, man. Yeah, man. I mean, this is all things Alabama this week, right? So uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of that. And then a guy, you know, uh, that you're talking to on, on this podcast this morning, you know, dynamite comes in small packages, right? Yes, like sir. Jalen Walton. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's what is the old saying? It's not the size of the dog. Don't say it. Fight, Don't, say it. The, Don't say it. Don't say it. The fight of the, the size of the fight in the dog, Ugh. something like that. But, uh, but no, I, I mean, listen, all you recruit junkies out there, man, and some people I get just, they just follow the success of the team, but a whole lot of people follow success on the recruiting trail. And uh, you should be excited. You just rolled out those lists of offers that Jarrell Stinson had. Uh, I talked a little bit about Quinshawn Judkins down to Auburn and Notre Dame. These are the kind of commitments you saw back in 2013, 2014, 2015, when Ole Miss was winning. And when you went on the field, you went on the recruiting trail. And it's almost catch-22. you got to win in recruiting, which Hugh Freeze did in that 2013 class, 
before you start winning big on the field. And once you start winning big on the field, you keep on winning big in recruiting. And, um, you know, I think we're seeing the jump start of that happening in the Lane Kiffin era here at Ole Miss. Judkins is from Pike Road, Alabama. This is crazy. Have you ever been to Pike Road? You've no. Been to Pike Road? Where is that? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere is somewhere down near Montgomery, but uh, okay, I'll take I've your never, word for it. Never been through Pike Road, but I can imagine there is a combination gas station, convenience store, and bait shop in Pike Road, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> yeah, there is. Well, we have towns like that all in Mississippi. You know, I live everything. close to Ingemar, man. That's pretty much what there all it go. is at Ingemar. So yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. All right, so he's a three star according to the industry generated two four seven sports composite. Here's what's crazy. 550 nationally, 26 offers, according to his profile. Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida. What the hell's up with this ranking? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've said this before. Look, COVID took its toll on recruiting rankings because nobody saw anybody last summer at football camps. And, you know, that is that is vitally important to getting correct rankings out there on these kids stars and all that stuff is you know guys like us we see those kids in summer camps and we go oh my god and then we go back and look at the film and if the film matches the uh the camp performance you know what you got there you know and and that was taken away from all of us last year it really and truly was a lot of these kids in that 22 class you know you're talking about rankings right now really weren't seen from the time they were in 10th grade until this past summer. So there's a huge plug that's been taken out of that system and ability to be able to rank kids. And I think the rankings are still recovering from that. I think we'll get everything right before signing day. And as more and more film comes in this fall on kids. But, um, but to answer your question, that is my opinion on, uh, on some of these kids kind of being ranked a little bit lower than what what their film kind of suggests they ought to be. Ole Miss is number 35 in the team rankings, but their quality of commitment average, I think that's what we say, is top 20, if not closer to the top 15. I haven't done the exact math, but 87.99 mm-hmm. quality of commitment. So don't look at that number 35. What they're doing right now is being selective with their guys, and this is exactly what they did last year, about the same spot, quality of commitment, and then once they closed, finished with a flurry. Yeah, and and here's a little anecdotal evidence of what's going on with Ole Miss on the recruiting trail. I'm not going to call any names, but three nights ago, I I get an inbox, a direct message on Twitter from a kid who is currently committed to another Southeastern Conference school going, hey, I'm not hearing much from Ole Miss right now. Can you possibly tell them I want to come there for a visit I, I would like to, to, to be an Ole Miss Rebel. And um, that's just some anecdotal evidence of what's going on out there right now. Ole Miss is hot. It, 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 at one time, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, it was a destination spot for the nation's top players to come visit. It's getting that back right now. I mean, we've talked about this before, Ben, and you know this as well. We would be out there for summer camps, and Hugh Freeze would hold these elite camps, as he called them, on Friday nights. And, you know, we'd be standing over there on the sidelines gawking out there 
and there was more talent inside the Manning Center than what you would have seen at the Under Armour All-American game. It was amazing at the list of four stars and five-star prospects that were flocking to Oxford. Thus, you have that great 2013 class, that fantastic 2016 class. And, you know, to freeze his credit, when he got this job, I remember him, I distinctly remember him saying this. He said, what you got to do to win here is you've got to have an unbelievable class followed by a couple of really solid classes, followed by a couple by, by another unbelievable class. That's the cycle. And, and, and that's what he did when you look at it. 13, unbelievable class. 14 and 15, very solid classes. 2016, unbelievable class, ranked fifth in the nation. And, um, you know, winning gets you that. Kids are noticing what they're doing. It's just like, you know, Lane said earlier this week, he said, uh, being on that big stage Saturday against Alabama and all these kids watching, it's really more important how we play the game in terms of recruiting than what the final result is. In other words, you got to go out there and you got to show that you're competitive. And then you can go to a kid and go, look how close we were with you. We could make this happen. Now, obviously, you know, he wants to be able to say, look what we did already. Think about what we can do when you get here. But um, they're on fire on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, it, it is a good time to be an Ole Miss Rebel right now. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. Before I say bye to you, a deal going on right now with the Ole Miss Spirit. Tell them about it. Yeah, hey, look, this lasts until exactly 2.30 p.m. Central Time Saturday until kickoff of the Alabama game. Right now, two months of full access VIP content for one buck, Ben, less than the cost of a cup of coffee at McDonald's. You can get two months, and that basically takes you through the rest of the football season. Then you're going to be so hooked and addicted with signing day coming up, possible playoffs or bowl games coming up. You know, we'll, we'll take your money then. But we're basically giving you the next two months of the Ole Miss spirit and uh, just asking you to give us a chance. Give us a chance to win you over $1. Get you everything behind the scenes, behind the paywalls, whole nine yards, not just with the Ole Miss spirit, but across the entire 24-7 sports network. So if we're playing Alabama this week, you want to know what their fans' perceptions are, you know, what they're saying over there, go to the Alabama site. Read. Read it. Go to Arkansas next week. Amuse yourself. And, uh, you know, we, we, we just would love to have more people join our awesome community, our already awesome community. And uh, here's your chance. You can uh, go to the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit. The deal is there. Click on it takes less than three minutes to sign up and you're done and you've got all access for pretty much the rest of the regular season. Former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton coming up right now on the Modern Women phone line. Thank you, buddy. Howdy, toddy, everybody. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. 
Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton. Jalen, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, everything is blessings, man. How are you doing? I'm glad you finally got me on the show. I, I want to say thank you, and it's Bama week. You know, we have to be energized, have to be ready to take them down, you know? It's perfect that you waited until now to jump on the show because Bama week and Jalen Walton is kind of synonymous at this point, you know? Man, indeed, man. One catch and you'll be uh, synonymous forever, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is it still weird to hear former Ole Miss running back? Does it feel that long ago? Uh, yes, it actually does, but it doesn't. Um, you know, when I, I went to the game against Tulane this past weekend or the weekend prior, and I must say, just being back in the Grove and just being around the stadium, the fans, it, it you, you kind of visualize yourself being back on that field, seeing old moments. So, I mean, it's definitely something to cherish forever now and even in the future, you know, when some of those players retire from football, man, it's going to always stay with you. What's different about Ole Miss now? Now that you've been back? Um, the culture looks different. You know, the vibe feels different. You know, um, they have a you know, a much better uh delayed stadium. I mean detailed stadium. You know, the Grove still is energized, it's still, you know, has lots of support and lots of fan support in the Grove. You know, even 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 post COVID, you know, it's still you still can get your drink on good, still <laughs> can have some fun, you know, eat 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 wherever you want, you know, it's still family vibes and you know, just just old Miss is old Miss, man. It's somewhere you want to go to be a part of, to feel to feel needed, to be a family oriented, and just man win too. You know, old Miss is a great school, I must say. I've talked to so many of your former teammates, man. Bo's one of my dear friends, and he says when he comes back, he always waits to see if anybody won't recognize him, but it's never happened. They always remember. Yep, yep, always. You know, um, and it'd be the least expected. You know, I didn't had a few kids who. Like, it was crazy, like, this past weekend, um, one kid walked, well, I guess he was a kid, maybe, like, a teenager, but um, <laughs> he walked by, he kind of, like, double-taked, and I kind of gave him the eye, but kind of kept walking, like, he turned back around and said, man, I knew that was you, man, you're Jalen Walls, and we just had a little conversation, so it was it was definitely sweet, you know, I, I must say. I'm always thankful when I go back anyway, though, the support is always there. I love that relationship, though, with former players, and, and it used to not be like this at Ole Miss. It used to be that former players, yes, they were welcome back, but it feels like now they're being welcomed back with open arms. It's different, and when you do come back, right, exactly, these people aren't forgetting anymore. And it's not like they ever did, but they're getting the opportunity to see you guys. And you're right, the family atmosphere of it or the family aspect of it, it's held, man. Ole Miss is a family, and you can tell. Yep, indeed. I mean, every time you go back, it's like a, you know, a reunion of some sort, you know, like, you know, if you if you did well on the field, you did well in the classroom, you know, you was a good people's person, you know, individuals who are fans, you know, they like to clean the players who have, you know, great characteristics and, and definitely a great aura about themselves. And, hey, when you go back, you never be surprised if someone comes up and want to take a picture or congratulate you on the play that you forgot that you made. Because that's what I miss about. We always support and, and never forget. What are you doing now? I don't do real estate now for uh, Remax Realty located in Memphis, Tennessee. Germantown and Exeter is the the office space. And right now, man, just hustling some real estate, trying to help any family, anyone in need of 
a purchase or a sale. You know, I'm here to serve. So anyway, I can help anyone in the world located in Memphis, Germantown, Cordova, um, Midtown, next to the University of Memphis. I don't care where you at in Memphis, man. Give me a call anytime. Memphis is home for you, Jalen. So was real estate something that you kind of envisioned going into after football was over, whenever that would be, or how did you kind of fall into it? Um, no, real estate actually wasn't. I knew it was an investment avenue that I wanted to be a part of. Um, man, I just knew I wanted to make some money, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Post, That's post what college. it is. That's <laughs> you know, what it is. Yeah, you know, it, it, exactly. If I didn't make a long-term career in the NFL, so um, just, you know, not just one thing became, you know, the way I, I, I make a living, you know. It's definitely the people and the relationships I have with people that have, you know, given me knowledge, you know, given me opportunities to to make a way for myself. And then, you know, the rest is on myself. You know, real estate was just something that I could, I could correlate with for, uh, you know, with athletics. You know, I think it's the same thing, the same business. And, and I just love the competition and the, and, the, and the advantage that it can bring you. It's probably a dumb question, but how often do you miss football? Um, you know, I've done it for 23 years. So mm-hmm. I'm 20, what, six, 23 years. I mean, I miss it. <laughs> I've done it every day of my life. Um, <laughs> You know, wake up, go straight to the field. Come home, go straight to the field, you know. So I've definitely dealt with, um, you know, the sport in itself for forever. So I, I'll i always be a part of it. I even watch it on, on the weekends to kind of, you know, get back in my zone and feel feel like a player again. So definitely it, it'll never go away for sure. Have you continued to watch and follow Ole Miss football? Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot. Um, my favorite player on the team is actually uh, – Man, Maddie, Maddie C, Matt Corral, man, he's my he's my favorite player to watch for Ole Miss at the moment, and uh, just a special kid, man. I love Lane Kiffin. I think he brought a lot of a lot of juice, a lot of um, man energy, and just you know, I don't care to the to the to the to the team. You know, he's gonna you know go with his game plan, go by his rules, and either you like it or you don't. And if you don't like it, you're probably gonna lose. So. You know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a lane on the lane train for sure. Well, it's really funny because you were in an offense that was perfect for your game and, and what you wanted to do that spread under freeze. But when I watch this offense and I think about players like you, right. do you ever think to yourself, man, I could have feasted. I could have feasted in this offense. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish I would have came. I wish Lane was there a little bit sooner, you know, at least uh, <laughs> offensive coordinator wise, because I, mean, I could easily see, a, you know, 2,000 yards all-purpose type of season, you know, consecutively, you know, uh, underlying Kiffin because, of course, you know, I could play the, the slide, catch balls at the backfield, run inside, outside to tackle. And, I mean, not to mention special teams, you know, I could, you know, get get a kickoff return and get it to the 50 or get it to the end zone. You know, whichever way it go, we always be set up to score some more. So, um, man, definitely I know Lane Kiffin would have used me to the greatest of my ability for sure. Now, when anybody asks you, pull up YouTube – the play that best encapsulates what you were as a running back at Ole Miss, what do you first go to? What are the big plays that you always point to and say, hey, this is the deal right here? <laughs> Man, I think, you know, the obvious, you know, against Mississippi State. You yep. Know, um, I mean, I mean, if you want to know who, who number six was, just go to that one play. I think it'll sum it up in a nutshell, honestly. Like, it, it really does. I mean, from, you know, the toss to the the right to, you know, making a complete stop on the dime, sudden move, you know, return backfield, find a small crease that only I can see and I can get to on the field. Like, 
if I see a crease, I can get to it faster than anybody. That's how, you know, elusive that I like to, you know, call myself or think that I was. And then from there, man, you know, it's just, hey, have an alpha the end zone, use your speed, and don't look back, you know. When you see blue lights, don't look back. <laughs> I've always been fascinated by you, man, because thinking back to that play, how did you see it? How did you see the cutback? How did you find it? I mean, man, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, when you're, you're, when you're a perfectionist, you know, and you, and you watch a lot of film. And once again, I've been playing the sport for so long to where I've ran the halfback toss on multiple levels against multiple coverages, against multiple blitzes, multiple defenses. I don't care if you're in an over front or under front or it's a, you know, three by four, four by three, you know, it it doesn't matter. Like the toss is going to always open up a wave to where if you, if you can get to it, you can, you can make a play out of it. But if you can't, then it's going to always be a negative. And it just so happened that on that toss, like everything washed, they were so aggressive the whole game to where they pretty much made me cut back. Like they made me stop, you know, and from there, I had to just change the angle, and then it's another crease that's available all throughout the defense. It's different phases, the first level, second level, and then touchdown. You know, like I never did get to the first level. Once I passed the first level of that phase, now I can open my eyes up and see where I really need to go and just so happen. It wasn't a second level because once I got past the first defender, it was me, Cody, and uh, <laughs> and I think uh, Big Jeremy Liggins was on the way with me, you know, all type <laughs> of escorts to the to the touchdown. So it was – Definitely fun, great play to be a part of. Do you feel old yet, though, when you see Cody and a bunch of your other former teammates still playing, but they're kind of tenured now in the NFL? Do you feel old yet? No, you know. Um, okay, good. You're not I never there feel yet. Old. Yeah, right, yeah. Good. I never, I never feel old because I'm always in the moment. You know, I, I, I never dwell on five years ago or five years from now. Like, you know, I like the process. I enjoy every process. So, you know, I like to watch others' process as well and see how it works out for them. And, you know, just always being encouraged and being supportive of others and being happy for others. You know, I never feel old. I feel like, you know, everything is working itself out in due time. So definitely never feel old, though. Good. Even though I'm getting old, but I never feel old. Stay in that moment. Stay in that lane right there. That's where you need to be. Because I'm 35 now, Jalen. It's been a while. I feel old as hell. Hey, your spirit is always high. It's always consistent and good. You got good humility. So you never... You know, you never can say, oh, he's getting old because he's, you know, walking down with his head. And he's... <laughs> no, man, you know, you're always excited, you know. So there it you're going to always feel young or feel like you're going in the right direction. Ah, checks in the mail for that one. Thank you, man. Make me feel better about myself. Let me ask you this. That state run, oh, before fair. we jump to the Alabama game, because it is Alabama week, was it always different when you beat state? Did it feel different? We'll get right back to former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi, that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 
or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Well, you got to think, man. You know, I'm I'm from Memphis, so I never knew how big the rivalry right. was. Yeah. Um, until I got to Ole Miss, you know, I think I seen it pretty violently uh, my freshman year when Dante was it was it Dante when Dante was I think he went for like maybe he clowned Jonathan Banks some yards. I don't know. Yeah, he cl- had, he clowned Jonathan he Banks. Good, yeah, he had a great year that year. So I never knew how. The trash talking went, you know, the different vibes of how Mississippi State carried themselves in Ole Miss and vice versa. So um, I was kind of, like, happy to be a part of the winning side, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, if Ole Miss wanted to fight, shoot, I'm going to fight too. Uh, <laughs> you don't like this guy? Well, I don't like him either then. You know, I kind of yeah. hey, if this if this is the side of the line, I'm going to be on and I'm going to just I'm gonna bang it out with my brothers, you know? I love that. I love that. It's so obvious, but – is the most memorable moment for you the touchdown catch against Alabama? Uh, yes, I, I I would say. Not even the catch. Really, after the win. You know, the win felt much better because, like, everyone celebrated. You know, like, you know, in the stadium, only Ole Miss celebrated my touchdown. You know what I mean? Not Alabama fans. So they was like, uh, dang it. Now we got to go chase the, chase the win. But after the victory, it was like, even Alabama fans was almost in shock, but also was happy to be a part of the moment because, like, Ole Miss has never done that before. You know, goalposts come down. You got people picking up pieces of the goalposts, you know, probably auctioned it off or probably kept it for, you know, memorabilia, uh, uh, a couple couple other things. And, you know, hey, man, it just was – it was a, it was an excitement moment for everybody. Like I said, just the university, but the catch itself was – I mean, it was a play we ran a lot. You know, it was it was just what was the play? The what was the play? Uh, the play was um, it was a screen to Laquan, but we called purple. Purple meaning play action, and we and then we we tagged the T wheel on it because the cornerback kept biting up the field on Laquan's screen, 
And I would always go out there to block the cornerback who was holding him so the corner can, you know, have a lane to run. This time, you know, we just I just faked the block and just kind of slipped right past him, man. Bo made a good throw, good catch, and, you know, Ole Miss almost to the finish line with a win. I was standing there in the corner of the end zone. You came towards me. There's no way you remember that, but you came right towards me. And no, I'll, no. <laughs> ne- I'll never forget that, though, because once that happened and once you crossed the end zone goal line, the eruption from the crowd, I've said this before, not since 2003 LSU when Travis Johnson intercepted a ball and went in for the end zone to get the first touchdown for Ole Miss, the first touchdown of the game in a game that was going to decide the SEC mm-hmm. West. I had never heard Vaught Hemingway Stadium that loud. For you, when you caught it and you go in, did you hear the eruption? Was it deafening? What was it like for you on the field after you've got the ball and you've scored this massive touchdown? Man, you know, it was, for one, I was like zoned in. Like it was like tunnel vision because I wanted to like make the play. I wanted to catch the ball, get one feet in. Really, I'm always trying to put two feet in bounds. So <laughs> yeah. it's never the never see on if this guy had a heel foot. Yeah, he got two feet in, man. That's a touchdown. <laughs> so, um, you know, once I once I caught the ball, honestly, I touched down. I threw my hands up so everybody can look. I got the ball. It's a touchdown. It's definitely what it looks like. And then, um, you know, I just lay my head back, kind of said, thank God, I'm about to get up and my whole team come rush me. So, um, man, like play, playing the game in such, you know, high moments, like you never really hear the fans, honestly, because you you so locked in, you know, on a, on a different level of focus to where, you know, you just you focus on the assignment and not the outside, you know, and, and the assignment can kind of like, you know, blank out a lot of noise, believe it or not. And, you know, that's kind of what happened. But it's been seven years now, and that game itself and that result have stood the test of time as one of the most memorable days in Ole Miss history. Ole Miss fans just hold it in such reverence. As a former player, one that played in that game, do you all have the same kind of reverence for it just for what the day by itself? Don't think about anything else with the season. Just that day itself, the most incredible Ole Miss day in probably school history, one of the at least most incredible Ole Miss days in school history. Do y'all have the same kind of reverence for it? Um, yes, definitely. Um, some some individuals that I always talk to, you know, like Trey Elston, Mike Hill, you know, Quintavious, Cody, you know, a lot of those guys remember those moments, you know, because we we put the work in, we went so hard at what we was trying to achieve, and we and we actually got it done. Like we actually had confidence before that game started that we was gonna beat Ole Miss. Got to think about it. Like, we was only juniors in college, and we, like, for some reason, man, this is just another game on the schedule to us now. You know, we we know what they expect. We didn't play the same players before. Like, we actually got a legit team this year to make it happen. So, man, let's just go in here and beat them. We at home. You know, we on our own field. You know, it's like the perfect time. And, um, you know, the only negative being a football player in the moment, you kind of don't get a chance to see it from your perspective or your angle because – once again, you're so locked in on the assignment to where you're never too high, never too low. You're always, like, in the middle coasting the whole time because, you know, you want to complete the assignment. But you all's angles from fans, from being on the field, the stands, like, it's just – it's more of an exciting moment for you all than it is for us, honestly, just off of the emotion side of it. My God, I'm looking at the talent on the other side of that. T.J. Yeldon, Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, O.J. Howard, Kenyon Drake. Oh, Y'all had a lot of talent. Y'all were yeah. a good, talented team. 
But holy cow. So they had when Jamie Collins. They yes. Jamie, Jamie Collins. They had um Cyrus Jones. Man, oh they my God. they had about man, they had lots of first round talent on that team. And them guys was really good too. You know, they some of them is I want to say all of them still playing to this day in the NFL, actually. So when Sinquez comes down and you're waiting, waiting to see if you got a foot in, and once it's confirmed, what was the response, the reaction, the celebration like on the sideline? I mean, the sideline erupted, man. You know, prior to them saying that it, it was an interception, the call was overturned. Like, I already clearly seen it from live play action that I was – there was Sanquez who picked the ball. Yeah, he got one foot in. That's Sanquez. Like, he he don't let those to- type of moments go by. Like, I didn't think the, the work Sanquez put in. I didn't see moments that he capitalized on every time they come his way. Like, I knew how big that moment would be. And that moment was, like, I knew Sinquez made that a catch. And, man, you know, once they confirmed it, shoot, the rest was history, man. <laughs> you know, the crowd goes, goes crazy. Sideline goes crazy. Every, everyone is just happy. Y'all did it again in 2015 in Tuscaloosa. So when you think about <laughs> right. those two <laughs> games, man, I mean, it just it had never happened before. And now Ole Miss this weekend is going to Tuscaloosa. So playing in that environment as a team that has the ability to contend with Alabama, can go toe-to-toe with Alabama, not every Ole Miss team has been able to do that. Y'all did it twice. What advice would you give this Ole Miss team about going into that environment? Because Matt Corral's never played in Tuscaloosa before. So going into that environment yeah. – and getting a win, what advice would you say or provide to Ole Miss football right now? Man, definitely walk in with confidence. I mean, at the end of the day, like the most confident team, no matter where you play at, you know, you could be at Ole Miss, you could be at Tuscaloosa, you could be in the the Sugar, the Superdome, you could be, man, in the projects, you know, no matter where it's at, you know, you got to go out there and play with confidence, you know, go out there, run your game plan, and just execute for 48 minutes straight. Don't, you know, never let up because when we went in, Hey, we really got, you know, if you want to call it what it is, we won the game, but we got lucky. The ball just went our way sometimes. But we were so we were so locked in in the moment to where when the ball came out, we we made sure we recovered certain fumbles. We made sure we picked balls. We made sure tip passes got caught by us. You know, we made sure the first down was made, even if it was third and two or if it was fourth and one. We made sure we did every small assignment just to get us to the edge, just to get us to the finish line. And, you know, they're going to do the same thing this year. You know, Alabama not going to bag down, but Ole Miss, you know, 14 and a half underdogs, I think that should be enough motivation to go in there and, you know, clip them right in front of their own fans. You played with two of the very <laughs> best quarterbacks in Ole Miss history in Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly. Where does Matt mm-hmm. Corral stack up for you right now? What's your evaluation of him? i always been a fan of him out of, out of high school, actually. Um, when he came to high school, and I think he got – I don't even know if he redshirted that freshman year or if it was like a controversy of him and, um, you know, uh, John Lee Plumley uh, fighting for that quarterback spot. But I've always been a fan of him because of his, his deep ball and just his, his aggression to the quarterback position. Like, you could tell he's never a quitter. You know, no matter if he makes a mistake, he's coming right back with a big play. Like, he he kind of moves, moves forward very quickly. And out of him, Chad, and... Bo, I mean, I'm a, I don't know, man. I'm a Chad Kelly fan. It's tough, sure, though. Man, I can't lie. Yeah. Honestly, if I had to put it in, if, if you ask me if I had to put it in from one to three, and it's all due respect to all three of them. Like, I played with Chad and Bo. Chad was my roommate. I mean, Bo, that's my guy. He he gave me 
multiple receptions every year. Our wheel route was always on point. <laughs> like Bo definitely, Bo definitely turned me up a lot. But just off of not putting myself in the game with those guys, I'll probably go Chad Kelly, probably go Bo Wallace, then I go Matt. If Matt finishes with a record-setting season and finishes in the top three in the Heisman, then where does he rank? Number one, easy. That's what I said. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Because I got to think about this, too. Like, Matt isn't playing with a 2014-2015 defense behind him, you know? God, they he's were so playing good. To, yeah, he's playing to completely outscore the next team, make great throws, be consistent, and, and, and protect the football. And I think if he can do that, he probably will definitely be number one, man. He, he, he'll have to be number one. I mean, there's really no debate after that. Give me a score prediction. Score prediction. Let me see. 14 and a half underdogs. Uh, I'll say 53, 53 to 47. Ole Miss. There it is. I was waiting to see. 53, Wait a second. 53, 47, Ole Miss. Is he going Alabama? Feels like he's kind of going. No. Ole Miss, 53-47. I'm going to write it down. I'm totally stealing it. We do a fearless forecast on the Ole Miss spirit every single Friday. So I'm just going to write in your mm-hmm. score and say, this came from Jalen Walton. I'm stealing it. Yep, 53-47. I dig it. He's former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton. Thanks so much for doing this, man. It was so fun catching up. Let's do it again. Man, yes, sir. We'll do. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.